So we've been telling you guys now for a couple weeks that we were working on an interview with um, what we may have improperly dubbed him. He'll clear that up for us in a second. The founder of the Christian podcast community, and that is uh, none other than Andrew Rappaport. And he's kind enough to join us today. So Andrew, welcome in. Well, thanks for having me. No, you, you got it right. I am. I am. We had two people that started the Christian podcast community, but I am the, the would be the founder and executive director. And, okay, uh, so I wasn't uh, lying. That's good to know. You weren't lying, no. All right. <laughs> yeah, I'm Just, the executive director of both Christian podcast community and its parent ministry, Striving for Eternity. Okay, yeah. So I've, I've gotten that right, I believe. Um, as we go through the rest of this interview, we'll see how much I've gotten right on it. Um, but with that being said, if you want to just take a few minutes to sort of, I've like I've talked about, mentioned you briefly. Um, the audience has had a chance to listen to one of your episodes. So they do know you a little bit. But if you want to just give us a little more in-depth um, understanding of who Andrew Rappaport is, we would certainly appreciate sure. that. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that a lot of people find interesting about me is I did grow up in a Jewish home, uh, and it was, you know, I bar mitzvahed, whole nine yards. Uh, my family actually went from, in one generation, from being Orthodox all the way to, through to practicing atheist, one generation. Uh, so I grew, I grew up conservative, which conservative Judaism is actually liberal. Uh, and then we went, I was eventually bar mitzvah reformed, which in Christian circles, reformed is considered a good thing. Not so in Judaism, reformed is bad. That's the super liberal. Oh. And so, uh, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I've gone that whole nine yards. Um, but, uh, I, I got saved at the age of 16 and was so bold. I told no one about it for two years. Cause I knew what would happen. My, my parents. And if you go on, on my podcast, the rap report, you you can hear some interviews I've done where I've shared my testimony, but uh, my parents I knew would probably bury an empty casket when they found out. And well, that's actually not too bad. If you take the modern American Christian who gets saved and spends a lifetime, not telling people about it. <laughs> so two years, isn't really all that terrible, yeah. I guess. Well, my parents discovered it. That was the thing, but yeah, no, I, I, um, I basically knew my parents would, would bury an empty casket. I'd be dead to them. And, and they did go casket shopping. So, uh, oh, but I ended up, I ended up in, in seminary, got a, my seminary degree, pastored a, a couple of churches. Um, one, at one point I stepped down from a church, um, not really having, well, what am I going to do? Didn't have the plan so much. And, but I just knew that I needed to step away from, from the church and ended up a, in a speaking ministry, traveling the world, speaking at churches, discipling, and putting out discipling materials. We ended up putting together a Striving Fraternity Academy, which is an online academy. We ended up doing the Christian podcast community. Uh, I've written a couple books. Uh, one is a systematic theology of the Western religions called What Do They Believe? One is a Christian systematic theology called What Do We Believe? And then I've, I've contributed to other books like Sharing the Good News with Mormons, uh, On the Origin of Kinds, uh, When My Ox Gourds My Neighbor, things like that. So that'd be who I am. I guess. Okay, so slightly more in depth than what I told them. <laughs> well, I was listening to one of your podcasts. Maybe it was very recent. Um, you, it was a podcast where it was you were actually on someone else's being interviewed, and you were you brought up that you were a Levite. I was like, oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I, I'm not only uh, I'm not not uh, I'm a Levite, but more specifically, uh, line of Aaron, more specifically, the, uh, what's called a, a Kohain or Korahite. And so yes. those are the, the, those would be the family that would take care of the temple in, inside the, in the Holy of Holies. And so that would be my, my lineage. 
Yeah, so I mean, I do think the whole Levitical line is fascinating. Like when people ask me what my lineage is, I'm like, maybe some French or German. Yeah, I don't have any like, idea. What does your last name mean? What is it? Where did it come from? And we're like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't <laughs> even know, honestly. So that is pretty fascinating. Um, just, what just what I really cool find little... it interesting is if you, if you maybe hopefully have never dealt with black Hebrew Israelites, they're becoming more popular with the rise. Oh, of the I've been matter. cursed out on Facebook by one for <laughs> yeah. no good reason, which is fun. And so they'll tell me through the spirit. Right yeah. There. <laughs> they'll tell me that I'm not a real Hebrew and they are. And I go, mm -hmm. well, how, how, like the way we would know lineage is like, so, you know, your parent, your father, your grandfather, your great grandfather, and so on and so on. Like you, you follow a, a genealogy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, you show me the Africans and their whole argument is like, well, all of the, all the line of Judah were taken to the U.S. I'm like, okay, so let me get this straight. You really think that slave traders were concerned with preserving the tribal <laughs> yeah. lines and only took the, those from Judah to America? I think it's the Danites that are in, in uh, Jamaica. I mean, they, they, they have all this figured out, supposedly. I'm like, well, they were gentlemen, those slave traders, don't yeah, you know? Yeah. I mean, like, they're really going to be concerned about that. And you really think that 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 is the proof you know it's like you can't figure out your genealogy because i mean there are some people very few that kept it i mean alex haley was able to do that in, in his book roots because the the family kept sharing that down the line so they had the stories but the reality is that people don't have that right. for, and in the slave trade that was lost very few could would be able to do that and, and so you i should trust that because of your misinterpretation of scripture, trust that versus like an actual line that people have. Okay. <laughs> I like the part you, um, you said that people argue that you can't know your lineage because everything was destroyed. And you said all everything's preserved by word of mouth because everybody could spout off generations past, like they all had it memorized anyway, so they could just rewrite mm -hmm. it. Correct. Yeah, I mean, people that we, we, especially in modern day America, don't understand that when when you live in a culture where it's illiterate and people everything is by word of mouth, people forced to memorize things. When you have tribes, mm -hmm. and it was very important that lineage. People, even in in Middle Eastern countries today, it, many Muslim countries where tribe the tribalism is important, they can they can go back fourteen generations and tell you their entire history back, mm -hmm. their lineage. So if it got to, if you had the paper copies that got destroyed, what would you do? Uh, just copy them down again. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, yeah, they would even, you know, your name was essentially telling people your heritage, right? Like as far, you know, we were just reading John, right? And it's Simon, son of John. You know, that's their lineage was passed on just in your name, you know, sort of thing. So yeah, it, it is pretty interesting, but yeah. Did you say John? Mine said Jonah when you said it, and I was like, "Mine said John." There's no way you got that wrong three times. <laughs> Anywho, um, I can do that. I did. I'm very good at that. I can. I can actually. It's really bad. This is this is horrible to admit, you know, on a public air, right? But I'm so bad. I preached a sermon once, and I got I in my head. Don't know why. I replaced one word with another word all three times that I used the word. Perfect. And my congregation. I mean, I had a, I had this. Dear woman comes up to me, oh, Pastor Andrew, you know, you, 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 because they know that I do my own translation. And they were like, you know, you translated, you know, this word this way. And I, I couldn't figure out why. And I was looking at my MacArthur study Bible and next woman comes up and I'm like, I don't think I did that. Next woman, I was looking at my MacArthur study Bible, see if he said anything on why. And 
After the third person, I'm like, I got to go back and re-listen this. And sure enough, all three times that I did it, I was consistent. I, I've done that several times. Consistently wrong. I, I, Consistency's I, I, key, though. Yeah. I, instead <laughs> of, uh, I think it, I used Zachariah. We, instead of that saying Zachariah, I think I said Zerubbabel like every time. It was, you know, and I, I did it like seven <laughs> times in the sermon. It was like, and I was consistent every time. And so good. You know, wow. next week I get up and I said, so some of you may be thinking why your pastor translated the word, this word this way. And I heard a whole bunch of head nods. And I went, the pastor's an idiot. I hey, that's good why. that they were testing everything you said. A good congregation there, though. Yeah, you could have played it off and been like, I was just seeing if you were paying attention. <laughs> No, Kudos. that would be deceptive. I'm not going to do that. But yeah, yeah. no, I, I mean, <laughs> I do, I do have high expectations of the congregation to study. And I, I like that. I like that if I get something wrong, I mean, I have people in my congregation, they're quick to let me know if I, if <laughs> I get something wrong because That's I encourage good. it. I want that. You're like, you guys yeah. are really quick to point out when I'm wrong. Like you're just waiting <laughs> for me to so, mess up, aren't you? It happens good so God. often. They, it's just plenty <laughs> of material there. Yeah. Well, one of the things that we've been plugging, um, for you, and again, maybe you can clear up some of the details. Was uh, you have your Israel trip coming up next year? I don't know if it's necessarily your trip, but um, again, that's the way I've been telling people. So, um, if you want to, maybe just share that a little bit. Um, sure. Yeah, I've been is, leading we, them astray there. I'm sure we had planned this out in for before COVID, and you know, with COVID, it got postponed and postponed and postponed. So, we were actually supposed to go last March. And we postponed it, I think, three times, then had to cancel it. And because there were issues, people wouldn't go with the vaccinations and wearing masks and things like that. So we canceled it and we've redid it. And when we rebooked it, a friend of mine, Matt Slick, was he he had gone through the same exact thing with his trip. And so he just said, why don't we do it together? So this trip is going to be really good. So this is a once-in-a-lifetime type of event. If you've never been to Israel, it will change the way you read your Bible. I I can't express that enough is when you're actually sitting in the land and you see the geography and then you start to read things in scripture, you're all of a sudden you start to realize, for example, you go to the sea of Galilee and you see that it's in a valley and you just look up and see that if there's a storm, you're not going to see it until that storm is right upon you. So if you're in the middle of the sea and you're going to be used to being in storms because you have no way of detecting <laughs> the storm until it comes over the mountain range because it, there's all mountains around it. Well, if you wow. think about that now, all of a sudden you go, oh, here are the disciples who are who are fishermen, experienced fishermen on the Sea of Galilee. They would be used to being in storms and a storm comes up. And in Mark, it refers to it as a, a mega storm. And this storm gets mm -hmm. them who are desensitized to being in storms. It comes over and they're scared. They're scared enough that they're calling to Jesus like, help us, we're perishing. Yeah, this was not a typical storm. This is a storm that made them scared and they were used to being in storms. All of a sudden you read that a little differently. And mm -hmm. so being in Israel, you get to see things like that. And so we're going to be, we're actually going for a longer time than we had planned last year. We're going to be a 13 day trip. It's going to be from February 20th to March 4th of 2023. It's going to be myself with Striving for Eternity, Matt Slick from CARM.org. We're going to have both Bill McKeever and Eric Johnson from Mormon Research Ministries. And so we'll be doing the devotions. There's 13 days. Your hotels are included. Your breakfast and dinners are included. One lunch is included. Uh, Four-star or plus hotels. The guide is included. The bus is included. The you know one of the things that you, the way Israel does, you have to have an Israeli guide. 
but we also have an archaeologist that will be coming and joining with us. So we're going to go to certain sites that because of his credentials gets us to certain places in the oh, Dead Sea and other places that not everyone gets to go to. So it's it's really a once in a lifetime type of trip because and, and it is expensive. I get that. It's just that the way Israel does things, they, they require, they know tourism is their big thing. We have to pay for an Israeli uh, bus driver, Israeli guide. Even if we use our own guides, which we do, we still have to use the Israeli guide as well. So it, it is going to be uh, about $5,000. Uh, I think it's 5300 $5, if you fly with us, 4100 if you don't. We're flying out of Newark, New Jersey. And if you if you register prior to the end of May, uh, you get uh, the early bird special is $100 off. And if you did register at that time and we get 45 people that, that fly with us, that do the trip and fly with us, I think it's another $100 off. So you can get nice. $200 off. So with that, it would be a, a, about $5,100. And that's a lot. I get it. That's why we're pushed it out so long so people have time to, to try to save the money for this. Because yeah, it, I mean, it's a lot of money, but it's also a 13-day vacation in a foreign yeah. country. I mean, I don't think you'd get much cheaper anywhere else really and you're not going to have your faith lifted in you know if you're going to hawaii quite the same way <laughs> yeah. i would imagine so and you're gonna it, it, you're basically getting several days education of of the holy lands and one of the things that the guy who runs it he's going to be sending people things ahead of time so it's like hey here's some books to get here's a he gives a, a dvd series so you learn about israel before you even go mm -hmm. and so you get to see these places and, and we're going to be having daily devotions at all these places. You're going to get some very uh, well-known speakers to be able to, to do the devotions. So it really will be a neat trip if people can afford it. Yeah, I, really, awesome. I, I mean, that's the big thing. It's, it's, there's two big factors with it. Can people take the, the time off of work and can people afford the trip? And I, I get that. But, no, and I've never heard somebody tell me that, you know, I've known a few people that have gone to Israel Every one of them says that, you know, it just changed the way that, you know, it changed their faith basically to get there in the Holy Land and just see it with your own eyes and walk it with your own feet. Like, you know, you can read it all you want, but until you're actually there and see it. I mean, we've always wanted to go. Maybe we'll find a way to join you. Um, well, so you're not praying for it. You know, but there is, there's, a awesome. way, there's a way that you could have afforded it if you stopped buying so many beds. You know, if, if you look, if you didn't, I'm telling you, if, if you, you know, three beds, two years, and, and now you're buying just as many laptops in the same time. I mean, look, all right, settle down with the laptops there. All right. That's look, look, let's, just, let's just get this straight. If, if you would have, if you would have just got a sleep number bed right from the beginning, you probably would have saved money by now. And you I can know. Both set your own numbers. I'm just saying my, wife I know. And, and we probably neglected we wise counsel from my family member who was like, they're not that expensive. Go find a used one. She's like, you know, the air, the, the like air pocket inside doesn't get worn out. Like if it's somebody just laying it. So just find a used one It's half the price. And I was like, eh, you know, and of course I didn't listen because that's who well, I am. You picked the mattress. I didn't oh, even here have to say. Here we go. And here we go, me, But he picked like, <laughs> okay, I don't know. I want to compare prices and I probably just been like, just get a sleep number. Oh. My, my bride and I went through the, a similar thing. <laughs> 10 years on, on a really hard mattress and I'd wake up every day back neck hurt got it and I just go okay I thought maybe this is just part of getting old 
and I wasn't old then, but we got the sleep number. My wife was like, this is too expensive for a bed. And I said, look, we, we can always return it. And day, day one, I said, we are not returning this. It took her three <laughs> more days because the price tag was, was enough. But the, yeah. she actually then after that was, didn't want to stay in our RV because the, the bed there was so much different. So, so, okay, you already made that mistake. All right. Uh, you know, you should have called me first, but sleep number bed, <laughs> that would have solved yeah. your problems. But let me at least kind of give you a way to recover from that. Okay. Go to mypillow.com. Get their three-inch mattress topper, okay? And I'll leave. I'll even tell you how you could save some money. Use my our promo code. It's driving Ferry SFE, and oh. you can save some money. But that actually has been huge in in helping with my sleep as well. So a those are the three things. Well, Nikki just got a my pillow pillow that she loves. So that was she our first my pillow product product and. And, and I, I will just Walmart. mention really I quickly. I still used your code for the pillow. <laughs> sorry if you guys get, we record, God bless it, in a room with a skylight in Florida. So if you can hear the rain, we apologize. Um, that's See, just, if, you didn't, if you didn't mention that, people probably I just have even to. know. <laughs> I'm like your congregation. I just have to call it like I see it. <laughs> you know, so just don't want people to be like, was that Andrew's? No, no, it's ours. Ours is the one that's messed up, so. Oh, see, I thought no, the, the my, sleep my, number my, uh, clothes dryer going. Oh no! Oh gosh! <laughs> we'll see how this bed goes. It does have a one-year trial, but I am. Yeah, we'll see. The way it's well, going. You, look, you, you didn't announce what you ended up settling with. We went with a. It's called Dream, Dream Cloud. Um, I was looking up, you know, because we're. I'm kind of a side sleeper. She's an all-over sleeper, and. <laughs> It just, I was kind of getting a lot of like, you know, mid for or medium firm mattresses. This was a really well-recommended one. And so I was like, you know, but whatever, let's just try. But super heavy in all the reviews of people are like, this box, like it should have came with the built-in wheels. Yes. And these people are like. The reason I went with sleep number when I was looking between that and the, the Tetrapedic or whatever it was called that. Yeah, they, they had. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, but you know, look, I mean, look, we could solve problems for you guys. Sleep number bed, get the my pillow mattress topper three inch. That gets your sleep better. And if you just get yourself a Mac, you you wouldn't need to keep replacing your your PC. You know. Well, I did heed your <laughs> advice there. So we are currently. I did heed your advice. We're recording now on a Mac Studio. So I did go out and get the Mac, which is why she had to get me a dongle, because I'm now living the Apple dongle life um, with external hard drives and um, all sorts of good stuff. So I'm I'm invested in that now. It's a dongle? My external hard drive that you had to go and get me. Oh, okay. I didn't know what it was called. Yeah, she's super <laughs> tech savvy. She's like... Which one is this? I'm like, well, that's not he, even. He, that's the audience not. really wants to know at this point, Nikki. Does he does he complain about everything or just most things? I mean, I'm just curious. Everything he's saying. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to think about it. <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> it's all in love, I think. I mean, uh... 16 years now, she's used to it. It's just the way I am. <laughs> so, nah. No, it's not bad. The laptop thing. I don't buy a lot of laptops. That's the thing. This is going way off the tracks. Here, he returns but... things before before he so gets I <laughs> I use a lot of laptops, and if I don't like it for whatever reason, 
I just send it back. And I've done that a lot because I'm like, you know what, if I'm paying this much money for something, I'm going to like it. So I did with the <laughs> Mac studio that I'm recording on. I love this thing. So it's not going anywhere. Um, now okay. the personal laptop, he, who knows? He doesn't, he did, so Nikki, he, he just doesn't like change is what I think we're hearing. I just wonder, I get nervous. I'm like, he's swapping everything out, but he's faithful to me. So, yeah. <laughs> so okay. get bored. She's, she's the <laughs> Mac Studio of wives. <laughs> He's, he, so he's, he keeps the important things. Uh, good, that's, that's, good right, that's right. That's <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. So maybe we'll heed your advice. We'll see. I mean, I've heard multiple people tell me to get a sleep number. It'd probably be wise if I listened to it. But yeah, it's the only because nobody advised us on a dream cloud. Well, right? right. So I just convinced myself that everyone's an idiot except me. You know, that's. <laughs> Typically the way he seeks counsel and then he rejects it all. Yeah, I'm like, oh, that was terrible <laughs> counsel. Let me just go and do something completely different. And then I'm like, ah, oh, that was not a good idea. But so. no, no, no. You, you, listen, listen, the, you, Nikki, you, we, we heard the reason. He already gave the reason. It had a return policy. There you go. <laughs> and he's like, if you don't like this within three days, we're sending it back. I was like, you <laughs> think my back is going to be better in three days? <laughs> Well, on a sleep number, mine was. I'm just saying. There you go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I do. Uh, yeah, the, the dual comfort, I think, would be definitely nice. So I think yeah, it's wise. We'll see. I just think that is the wisest bed for, for married couples. Like, that's probably who they... Now, now here's you know. the irony is my wife and I thought we'd have totally different numbers on it. And now we've both synced up. We're on the same number. <laughs> How funny. Perfect. <laughs> Maybe that's, yeah, I mean, I guess when you've been married long enough, you just, you become the same number. <laughs> Two numbers become one. Yeah, we, I think it's biblical. You know, know, the nice thing about <laughs> when you've been married long enough is, and I don't, if, don't know if you've gotten to that point yet, where you could just look at each other and just in a look, you guys get to know everything someone's saying. Just in one look, we can, my bride and I can look at each other in a, with a room full of people and just give one quick glance and know exactly what each other's thinking. No, what I do that all the time. I look over and I'm like, oh, she's mad at me. That's <laughs> the way it goes. Is that what you're talking about? Or is that just different for no, me? Well, I, was, I was actually kind of thinking that that's just a permanent state for her. So how yeah. would you know if the look or? <laughs> yeah, we'll see. He jokes I'm so kidding. much like we have a We're terrible marriage or something. Two peas in a pod here. <laughs> living the dream. All right. <laughs> so one of the things that we've been wanting to tell people about, because we've been pitching this Christian podcast community is to, you know, hear it from you, from the founder, like what is the Christian podcast community? I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, that wraps up the interview. Let's uh, have a nice night, guys. Well, you know, here, here's what it is. Striving Fraternity is a discipleship ministry. That's what we do. We disciple and we look for a lot of creative ways to disciple people. Sometimes it's going into churches and doing seminars. Sometimes it's going to be through online courses. Sometimes it's going to be through one-on-one -on -one type things. But one thing that we start to realize is that there's a lot of people that get into ministry and don't really know that much about ministry. So what we try to do is disciple people in ministry. And a lot of people get into podcasting. We realize that there's a lot of people start a podcast have no idea the technology, don't understand anything of audio editing, anything, and they just want to get started. I mean, it doesn't sound like anybody here I know. No, no, God. I don't know no anyone here. 
but talking uh, for those other guys yeah but you have that and then you have people that they just they want to podcast but they don't really have good content in other words they they start getting a following and then they start going off the rails and so we said let's let's do something where we could disciple people and know that they're going to have some some discipleship that hey your audios need some work let's work on it. hey you're you said this let's talk about this theologically and so in the background that's what striving fraternities viewing it as is it's an opportunity for us to disciple others we have over 50, I think, I think if I, if I remember correctly, like 54 podcasts right now, uh, another one that's going to be joining soon, but we were, we have new podcasters coming in almost weekly, but we vet them. You guys experience that we're not easy on people. I mean, we have a, yeah. a process and we, we rejected numbers gotten better because a lot of our podcasters are now having friends who podcast and because they're, they're already they know they're solid they recommend them and we used to reject about or only accept i would say about 30 percent. we're up to like 40 percent. but you know 60 percent of the people that apply never get on and so there's a lot of different reasons for it but we look at it and we're very careful on who we we allow on but here's the one thing with us we're not a network we're a community how do we make that difference we say that we offer a platform we're not a publisher so we don't decide what your content is if you own your content you have your stuff you say what you want no one else is responsible for what you say in a network where they're a publisher there's that association we wanted to just offer a platform where people can can promote one another get to know other podcasters other podcasts get their podcasts known and yet what we're doing in the background striving fraternity is looking how can we disciple people how can we help them and so that's that's what we do so we we have about 30 plus hours of content every week and and people can actually if they want just go to christian podcast community that's a podcast itself and from there they can listen to to all the hosted podcasts there's, that's there's honestly like how we listen to them as we just Go yeah. on there and you scroll through and you'll find, you know, podcasts from all different podcasters and you're like, oh, that title sounds interesting. Let me listen to that. And Well, I usually listen it's... if I'm on a long drive or else I don't really have time to listen, yeah. you know, uninterrupted. I'm not going to finish one. But if I have to drive far, like I drove like an hour to some place the other day and then back. And that's when I listened to yours, well, the Leviticus one. But what's cool ones. about it is it's like, you know, cause you're always trying to find, you know, new podcasts and stuff like that, but you don't really know where to find them. And you're looking at a thumbnail and a title, you know, but <laughs> obviously being a part of the Christian podcast community, you feel invested, which is why I like being a part of the community. Mm -hmm. You're like, if I'm going to listen to somebody. I should listen to the people that I'm partnering with in a sense. Yeah. Um, but then it's... also you get like, you know, people that you get to listen to. Like, I, I think it's, what is it, the 16, is it 1618? I can't think of the name right now. But he's a missionary out in the field, right? Doing a podcast. And you're like, man, that is way better than what I'm doing right now. Well, I'm raising kids. Maybe that's my mission. Well, anywho, but it's oh, awesome. Gosh. So you're like getting the word from the field and you're like, man, that's really cool. Like I'm partnering. I'm kind of on the same journey with this guy. And that's, that's mm -hmm. really neat to get his perspective. And, um, and I do like the idea, like you mentioned, it's a community, not a network. I, what was it just, just this year, right? I mean, Joe Rogan, you know, and his backlash and Spotify wiped like 70 of its episodes off he, their he, network. He, no, they he might, chose to do that. 
Oh, did he? he? Okay. He chose to do that. But they had that pressure to censor him, yeah. um, which if there's pressure there, there might be the possibility there. Yep. Um, so it's definitely none of that, you know, none of that sort of strong arming <laughs> from that we felt so far from Andrew, um, just more yeah, no, mentorship. And that's, the we, that's the way we're doing it. We, you know, if Spotify is a publisher, right, they control that content and they can take him, him down. Look, when it comes to podcasting, if you don't own your stuff, if you don't own it, you don't control it, you're going to be in trouble at some point. Yep. And we're seeing this in, in YouTube, in Facebook, in Twitter. I mean, they're, they're going to censor. Mm-hmm. They don't want to hear the Christian message. I mean, just, just think, I mean, this, I know you guys dealt with some of this in, in your news se- sections, but just think about this. People at Twitter are blowing their minds because Elon Musk wants to buy Twitter for the purpose of opening speech. And what's the arguments? That that this is going to destroy democracy, that free speech needs more moderation. I mean, just think about that. Okay, we're going to make f- better free speech. It's, it's going to be freer if we censor it. Wait, aren't the We're in 1984, folks. 1984, oh, yeah. I mean, the words free speech now means censorship. Yeah, that's what it's we've crazy. been, you know, we've been kind of sounding that alarm when we can, you know, you see a lot of these churches and we've done articles about churches that are going digital full time. And you're like, man, once you go digital and you put all your eggs in their basket, they can just shut you off whenever they want to, like, you no longer have a church. So we've been trying to warn people like, it's fine to have an online presence, but that needs to be secondary to you know, being in person, because they own you when, you know, when YouTube is your, your church's platform, then if they don't want you to have a platform, you don't have a platform. And that's dangerous. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the thing that you end up seeing with all this stuff. And that's why we, we, as you guys know, you signed a contract that says you own your, your feed, you own your RSS feed, you own your content. We, we can't take that legally. We can't take that from you. Yeah. No, it's been a huge blessing and we recommend people to go and just jump on that feed, the Christian podcast community feed. And just, I mean, every day there's plenty of episodes being uploaded every day, every week. So there's always something interesting and it's all godly and good, uplifting. And there's all different. I mean, we've got, uh, I can't think of the lady's name now, but she does movie reviews. I mean, like, so there's all sorts. It's not just apologetics, you know. But there is apologetics, right? If you want to get into that. So it's really beneficial and covers a wide gambit of, I was telling him about one of the episodes with Matt Slick that I listened to (laughs) where he had some kid call him about like spirits in his house and he's going to see a shaman. And I was like, God bless Matt Slick for just (laughs) taking that phone call. (laughs) Like, well, when you get to know Matt and and, hey, look, when you come to Israel with Matt and I, it's going to be, that'll be half the fun is right there. But yeah, I mean, (laughs) you go to christianpodcastcommunity.org, you could go to shows and you could say, I just want apologetic shows. Let me go look at them. I want shows for women. I want shows for fatherhood or apologetics or, you know, theology, whatever your topic. And, And we'll actually limit that to the shows that deal with those type of topics. And so you can go and check out you could go binge shows if you want and go back to all the older episodes uh you were mentioning you know e franklin with with her show are you just watching which is a monthly show about secular movies how to how to think critically about secular movies mm. you know yeah. people just go and move to watch a movie and they don't it's like are you just watching it that's the whole idea of it you shouldn't be just watching you should be thinking about it how does the christian worldview 
interact with what you're watching. Yeah, yeah. no, and that's perfect. That perfect. So we try to do what we can in that vein. So that, that lines up perfectly with us. But um, I guess in that vein, like, and I don't know if you even think about this, but what do you see sort of as the future of the Christian podcast community? Or is it just continuing on with this building partnerships, relationships, um, discipling, mentoring? Or is there some grandiose plan working in the back of your brain there? <laughs> we want to we want to buy out Elon Musk. No, perfect. <laughs> perfect. I've got like $7 in a mattress I can throw in on that. So, um, you know, our goal was this, if you go in the categories for podcasts, religion and spirituality is the number one. And it part, mostly because when you think about it, all these sermons, you know, every church has got their sermons up on, on a, as a podcast. So yeah. that's, that's why that's the biggest, but when you look at that, when you would look in that category, even if you go down to Christianity, still, who's number one? You got Joel Olstein, you got, you know, Joyce Meyer. I mean, everyone that no one should be listening to is, is in that top. And our goal has always been that we would cross-promote one another well enough that all of us get higher in the, the ranking, but someone gets in that top position. Someone that's solid. Anybody yeah. but Joel. <laughs> well, and that's the thing, right? That's the rising tide lifts all boats. So if anybody can get from the Christian podcast community, yeah. can crack that. And you just that's sort true. of are bringing everybody with us. Cause that's something that gets frustrating. You know, everybody wants to have a voice, right? And they have these podcasts and videos. Um, but unless you're like, and we all want people to have a voice. We want more Christians in, in like the society and culture, but then we all just get kind of stuck in this rut of listening to the same ones. Cause that's who Spotify yeah. promotes and Apple podcasts promote. So it's, you know, I was, you might've heard on the last episode, but we were joking. I've started the jail ministry and they get their little tablets. I, I, no, I heard that. I was really surprised. They let you out. <laughs> yeah. Good behavior. Um, but yeah, they're like, oh, well, what's that, you know, pastor we were listening to on our tablets because they get these tablets and they're like, Stephen Furtick? He's like, no, no, it's Joel Osteen. And I was like, oh, Lord, like the last people on planet Earth that probably need to be listening to Joel Osteen is prisoners, right? Like they have their tablets. Just redirect them to justinpeters.org. Just, just yeah. say, okay, go on YouTube and search Justin Peters and watch everything, please. <laughs> but like, yeah, so we want these Christians yeah. to have a voice and we need more of them in the culture. So we need to start giving these ex these other people that have a lot to, to say that's worthwhile to hear. We've got to start supporting them so that their name does get recognized because there's a lot of smart, thoughtful, caring Christian men and women out there that have great messages, but you get buried, you know, mm -hmm. because when you're just a random person starting a podcast and there's nobody to help support you and you don't know what you're doing and, mm -hmm. you know, it's easy when you're a celebrity and you're like, I'm going to start a podcast. Well, great. You're already world famous. Like, of course people are going to yeah. hear you, yeah. but so we need to find a way to sort of bring everybody up together and get our names out there. So people can hear what Justin Peters has to say, what Andrew Rappaport has to say. And, um, cause it's valuable and it's more valuable oftentimes than what Spotify wants Christians <laughs> to hear. Cause that's really the secular yeah. do nothing make you feel good kind of Christianity, not the world changing Christianity. Well, yeah. And the thing that you end up seeing is that unfortunately with the podcasting, the number one question I get in podcasting is how can I get more downloads? 
how can how can I be heard? How can I and and you guys see it in our in our Christian podcast community Facebook group, which is o- more open than just the Christian podcast community. That's open to anyone any Christian podcaster, and we get people that are never going to get on the Christian podcast community, but they go in and we we're rejecting like a dozen posts a day where they're just like, listen to my latest episode. And we say, you can't spam this group, right? Because everyone, it's like, people say, how do I get good content? Or how do I get more downloads? Produce good content, produce content that people want to share. And you know what happens? People share it. (laughs) You know, that's the thing. And so what I find frustrating and why we ended up starting this is because so many people that start podcasts, it ends up being all about me. I want to get my voice out there. I'm because work- I'm, I'm doing all this time to build this, to put, put this content together, do this editing, put everything out there. I want people to listen. That's what every podcaster is saying. Yeah. And so what ends up happening is they're out there constantly saying, "Me, me, me, me." Hey, everyone, look at me. Here I am. Focus on me. Focus on me. And we said this. This isn't the way Christians should behave. No. So we wanted to say, "Hey, everybody, focus on one another." And as you said, it just raises everyone up. You, know, if I promote my podcast to the people I already know, they already know about the podcast. I don't get a new audience that way. But if I'm promoting 10 podcasts in the Christian podcast community, and they're all promoting 10 podcasts, of which mine is included, guess what? I'm getting 10 different podcasts promoting my podcast to an audience I don't know. And that's that's the what we're trying to do with it is to encourage Christian behavior of promoting others rather than self, and at the same time helping one another. Crazy yeah, thought, no. I know. Christians acting like Christians, crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, you do have to explain it in the. I mean, any um, podcast community or any other kind of community, we're helping each other out. But it does yeah. also take that mentorship sometimes, because yeah, you get locked in that bubble, right? Like I'm producing all this content, I'm doing all this, like, help me get found. And you get sort of wrapped or, you know, pigeonholed <laughs> in that little vein. And you kind of need someone to be like, hey, man, step back, right? Like, you are a Christian, aren't you? Like, think bigger than you. And then you're like, oh, yeah, you're right. Like, I know what you're saying is right. I just kind of got lost for a minute. So yeah. you need to step back and be like, okay, that's why so I'm doing this thinking now. thinking about how hard it was, like we were talking about the editing and the uploading and the slow uploading that we deal with and they're just thinking how hard you worked and and then you think how badly you want people to hear it because you work so hard on it but then we're not thinking everybody else is going through the same thing and they they probably had more frustrating things to deal with than we had maybe <laughs> yeah there's actually a good question on our christian podcast community group like the actual sort of smaller group for the podcasters and one of the guys was like oh i'm thinking about hiring out an editor for my podcast and put it out there. And you're like, yeah, here's what I pay for mine. And he's like, no, thanks. <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> can't do that. And you're like, but that's good mentorship, right? Like, hey, yeah. this is what you get, you know, if you, you want to well, go it, this it, route. It, and he's like, can, can I just do this that. on Fiverr? Well, you yeah. could, but you get what you pay for on Fiverr too. <laughs> yeah, your Uncle Eddie could do it too, probably, and uh, <laughs> put it up on YouTube. So um, we know you're busy. Um, so we just got... I have one last question. Do you have any last thing to ask Andrew before we wind up letting him go back to his uh, no, wonderful okay. sleep number bed? I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I had a question when I was listening. Well, this is just kind of you were wondering if you had pondered any further. This is not even in Christian podcast community lane, but you had brought up an idea. You guys were talking about demons 
I don't remember if you remember this episode, it was a few episodes back and you're talking about demons and that um, the, us saved people in our resurrected bodies, we would be judging angels. Mm -hmm. I can't remember who your co-host was at the time, but he mentioned that in the context of this verse, does that mean that we're judging good angels mm. as opposed to bad? And I, I was like, I have never even heard somebody mention that before, but that's fascinating. So the last question I want to give you is one you haven't even thought of probably. <laughs> Um, but I'm just curious if you had any extra thought on that. Cause I mentioned it to the, to our audience. I was like, this was a fascinating question I've never thought of before, but. Yeah. And what you saw there, my co-host on that was, was pastor Jim Osmond from Kootenai community church. He has podcasts as well in, in the community of his sermons and a brilliant guy. And we were, we're going through a series on our doctrinal statement. Basically it's a systematic theology that's on my rap report podcast. And we're just discussing what's behind why we wrote this doctrinal statement that we wrote. What's it answering? What's it trying to address? What are the things that, that we're saying, hey, this is wrong, this is right. That's basically what a doctrinal statement is doing. And we we're going through that. And what you got to hear on there was as we're talking theology, Jim just was like, hey, I never thought of that in light of this, of the fact that we we always think of that we're going to be judging the unholy angels, those angels that fell, we're going to stand <clears throat> kind of as a jury in that case. Uh, but what about the holy angels? And, and neither one of us had ever heard that, never read anything about that. And, you know, it, it got he and I looking and we're looking things up and going, huh, really haven't noticed things. And this is a really interesting, interesting thing. So what would we be doing? And this is how our conversations have been going since then is like, so what would we be doing judging the, the holy angels? Because we think about it and say, okay, we as believers are going to be judged, but we're going to be seen as righteous because of what Christ did on our behalf. So how are we going to be judged? We're going to be judged by the things we did on our sanctification, where God's going to give us rewards and, and crowns. And what are we going to do with them? We're going to turn those right around and go, here you go, Lord, that, that, because we can't take credit for the good work that right. God does in our life to bring us to do good works that, that, that goes all back to God. And so what would the angels, holy angels, they can't do anything wrong. Would we be judging them for the decision? Well, they don't have those kind of decisions. You see, all of a sudden you realize that. And so I, I think right now I'm leaning to the fact that there would be nothing for us to judge them. But I think that we would, we would be standing over as all the angels get judged and those unholy angels get, get sentenced but we may be standing over the, the holy angels just in, in a form where God is laying, having all the angels stand in front of them. But we don't know. There's not, and one of the things I was saying in the episodes on, on angels, there's just not enough information to really cover the topic where we could dig into that and, and, and know for sure. And so it, it, this is the fun thing where what you got discovered there on, on the rap report was you end up having some discussions in theology where people go, gee, I don't know about that. Never thought of that. And, and mm -hmm. those, some of those things would end up happening where I, I heard Jim's sermon from a year ago when he was preaching the resurrection day sermon. And he just mentioned it. And this is the thing of when you have a brilliant guy like, like Jim Osmond, an offhanded comment that was not in his notes, got me studying and looking into things, he, he just happened to mention as he's going through the resurrection and he points out, speaking of the, the resurrection of Christ, he ends up going back to the Davidic covenant and looking at the Davidic covenant and how the Davidic covenant is specifically that 
from the line of David would come a king that would reign forever on a physical throne. Mm-hmm. And therefore, he ends up going, the only way for the Davidic covenant, this was just an offhanded comedy. He goes, the only way for the Davidic covenant to be fulfilled is in a premillennial view. And I went, wait, what? All of a sudden, I've never heard anyone say this. So I, I start digging into that. What do I do? I said, Jim, you got to come on to my podcast. Come, and I, I had him on my Apologetics Live podcast. Why? Because that one people can interact with. Anyone can come in. You go to apologeticslive.com. That's the times and and are there how to join. It's all on that website. But you just go there Thursday nights. And so we had people coming in and start reacting. We had one of the other podcasters from Matter of Theology. He's post-millennial. He's like, huh, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna tackle what Jim's saying. So he did a whole episode responding to Jim. And so we did a second Apologetics Live where we had both of them come in. And the beauty of that one is because there was one point where Jim made a point and Drew from Matter of Theology just goes, yeah, that's a really good point, Jim. He, he didn't sit there and realize he was kind of stuck and go like, oh, I'm going to lash out at you. He, he just was like, you know, Jim, that's a, that's a really good point. I, I don't think, I don't know that I have an answer. Let me, let me think about it and come back to you. That's the way we should be doing, you know, discussing theology. We, we even have a podcast for that called Theology Throwdown, which is where all of us as Christian podcasters can come on. We pick a topic. The last month's topic was uh, was the Lord's Supper, and we all just discuss it. And so we're, we're even in that, what are we doing? We're trying as Striving Fraternity, we're using that podcast, the Theology Throwdown, to disciple how to discuss theology, that we can discuss our differences with love and charity. A crazy idea. I get it. But, you know, that's that's what we're trying to disciple and train, mm. even though at the same time we're teaching everyone giving their differing views of, of the theological positions. I mean, we have Presbyterians, we have Baptists, uh, we have a couple. We got a, a, a someone that just applied that's Wesleyan, um, Anglican. So we'll see if they make it through. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it's definitely it's really good, and I I highly encourage everyone to go and give it a listen because I mean that's quite literally you know. Um, iron sharpening iron sort of That's inaction. That's the kind of stuff I'm always pondering too, is I'll have to go give those a listen. Even when we're on our run today, I'm talking about, you know, just different views of eschatology and and I'm like, well, how can yeah, this That's be how me and Nikki this? go running. We go for a Seriously? run and she's like, are we going to judge good angels? And you're like, what? I'm not even, oh God, <laughs> this is going to be a fun I've, run. I've bounced so. back and forth with all of them, but I was only taught, yeah. well, we were all taught the left behind eschatology, so... <laughs> But, yeah, you know, yeah, we've well. definitely learned there's other views that you never knew were existed. Correct. And I've, I've, I've considered all of them and I still, I don't know, because there's always something in scripture that pops up that's kind of like, well, how can this be if, if this is going on? And Oh, you should, you should go back and binge the whole series from, from the start that we went through with, with our series of what we believe, because we ponder, that's what we do. We're just pondering these things and explaining these things. We're getting into yeah. all, a lot of different religions and different beliefs and what, what scripture says about them and why we think that we're right, obviously. I mean, everyone thinks they're right, but what we think yeah. scripture says on these things. And so we, we go through that. And, you know, my co-hosts and I don't always agree. My main, Jim Jim was filling in for my regular co-host, Bud, but Bud and I are, are not on the same page theologically. We, we know where we differ, and, and yet we can still discuss these things. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. yeah. I think that actually adds more when, when we have some of the disagreement because it, it helps people to, to see that you can disagree, not have to name call and things like that. 
and and be able to look at what does the scripture say, yeah. not how how I make a better argument than that guy. You should never yeah. believe something because someone made a better argument. You should believe right. because the scripture says so. Yes, exactly. Because if someone disagrees, it's like they're disagreeing with scripture. So there's no point in being angry and arguing with one another because you're both coming from a place of just what does scripture say? And we all, we're always learning. I think there's so many things we're really not going to know until it's right upon us and God is going to reveal, okay, we're in this time now. And maybe it's hidden from us for a time until we're in it. That's what I've been considering lately. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, look, we, we're all wrong theologically. Okay. Every one of us, we're wrong somewhere. Now we'd be mm -hmm. intellectually dishonest if we knew we were wrong and didn't change, but yeah. every one of us is wrong theologically. The thing is, is we don't know where that is, but when we sit at the feet of Christ, he's going to correct us. You know, we've mentioned Matt's like, Matt, Matt and I are, are very good friends. We've debated each other more than we've debated anybody else. And he and I together have done dozens and dozens of debates. We've debated each other on infant, but he's Presbyterian on Baptist, infant baptism. We've debated covenant theology, dispensationalism. We've debated uh, spiritual gifts. And, and we've done these several times. And the thing is that people love watching us debate because we know each other well. We know each other's arguments well. We know each other personally well. So we're not going to hate the other guy. We're not going to name call. We're not going to sit and try to, you know, be mean to one another. We're doing it because we want to educate the audience. And and one time we got asked in, in an audience, they said, you know, they asked of Matt, they said, you know, you guys seem to always try to protect the other person's position from straw man arguments from your own side. Mm -hmm. I've, I've seen this with you in several of the debates. Why do you do that? And Matt said, because we're both wrong. We don't <laughs> know where. But we both start yeah. with the fact that we know that we're not perfect in our theology. And so when yeah. we stand before Christ, he's going to correct us. Now, now up till that point, Matt was 100% correct. The follow-on that he said is where he got wrong, because he said, he's just more right than I am on earth. Well, I mean, even the apostles, right? You know, we've been reading through the resurrection accounts, and, you know, it tells you that when Jesus came back and met with them, it says that he, you know, opened up the scriptures to them. And you're like, he was lived with them every day for three years what could he have possibly taught them but you're like they still didn't know and they had jesus himself for three years and he still had to so even the apostles yeah. were off base so what he had to rebuke them too for their unbelief yeah so yeah. what hope do we all have you know <laughs> besides know. correcting each other where we can and Gosh. being open to learn and you know not prideful in our understanding i guess yeah well here's here's a fun thing i'm, I'm finishing up uh, I'm preaching through Mark and I'm almost done and I'll finish up this month. So providentially I'm on resurrection Sunday preaching on the resurrection because that just happened to God's providence to be where I am in Mark. <laughs> Perfect. Beautiful. But the, the thing I keep saying to, to my congregation is because it's amazing. The Jewish leaders, they knew what Jesus was saying. They understood what he was saying about himself. The Gentiles, they knew what Jesus was saying about himself. The unbelieving Jews, they knew what Jesus was saying about them. You know who's the only group of people that never seemed to get it? <laughs> the disciples. 
Yeah. I mean, no, seriously, if if you if this was a human book, the disciples would never write that they're the idiots of the story, that they're the only group that right. never got it. Yeah. I mean, even after he dies and raises from the dead, they still don't get it. But the Jewish leaders like, hey, guard that tomb. It, yeah. One of the things I had said last week that in, in my sermon at Grace and Truth Bible Church is what you end up seeing is here the Jewish leaders are doing everything they can to prevent the argument that the body was stolen. So they end up securing it in such a way that when the body is gone, the only possible explanation is the resurrection. Yeah. The, the, the Jewish yeah. leaders are not trying to say, we're going to secure the answer is the resurrection. No, they, they are trying everything they can to prevent what they think will be the lie. And they think after three days, they can just roll that stone away and go, see, here he is. But yeah. in their attempt, this is how God works, in their attempt to try to prevent that from happening, they actually secure where the only answer okay. is the resurrection. Because had had Joseph not had that tomb, had they not done the things they did, he would have been thrown into a common a, a common burial and the body would just be there. Or the, yeah. it would be gone at the resurrection and they'd go, well, see, the body was just stolen. And there'd be an easy answer for that. But no, they, they, the Jewish leaders know which tomb it is. They go get a, a guard, guard that tomb, seal that tomb, make sure that's well protected. <laughs> hmm. And now there's no other way to explain it. Amazing. Yeah, yeah it's fascinating. No, it's, it's great. I mean, actually, you know, taking your time to read through those stories again and just yeah. having it. Yeah, because I mean, the disciples, yeah, they write in there the story about themselves that Mary tells them and they're like, that's nonsense. And you're like, why would you write that about yourself? Other than it's true, right? And yeah, no, it's definitely great. But um, we do want to wrap this up um, before we keep you too long. Uh, but I do well, just well, want to offer. I get that pun, by the way. I get the pun because that's how we end our show every week. Is that's a wrap because it's the yeah. reports, rap report. So you want to wrap it up? I get it. I get it. Well, I thought it was a hip hop podcast for the longest time, but uh... well, actually, that's why we cha we changed the name because because we called it the rap report, and it's rap with two P's. And the very first episode, some, someone sent me a nasty email saying this has nothing to do with rap music. So I changed it to Andrew Rappaport's rap report so that people get the play on, on the name. You're like, what's this, what's this Jewish fella know about hip-hop music? Let me give this a listen. Oh, he doesn't know anything know about it. Awesome. I know nothing about hip-hop or any other kind of music. Well, before we let you go, is there anything you'd like to, to share with our audience? Anything? What you got going on the next week or just any parting words of wisdom you got for the religious uh christianity podcast well um, if, if folks want to check out more of what we're doing you could go to christianpodcastcommunity.org to see about the different podcasts there you can go to strivingforeternity.org to find out more about the ministry of striving fraternity if you want to have me come out and speak at a church or do a, a weekend seminar we have weekend seminars on bible interpretation made easy uh mm -hmm. ambassador evangelism presuppositional apologetics. So we, we have a lot of different seminars we, that we come to churches and do. And so we could do those. Um, but if, if there's any way we as a ministry can be of help to you, just reach out to us at info at strivingforeternity.org. And uh, if you're interested in the Israel trip, go to 2023israeltour.com. So I, I thank you for having me on. Thank you for, for just letting me uh, share with you guys the best bed to be getting. Um, yeah. <laughs> Nope. I mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
We definitely appreciate it. Well, thank you so much for joining yeah, us. And for the record, I haven't heard Nikki have to be like that. She had to buy things multiple times and return it to, you know, I, I'm just saying, maybe no, she has this weird disease where she's happy yeah. with things that she gets and a just disease? accepts it. <laughs> Not so with me. So he's the the spender and I'm the, I'm just content. I'm a, like the minimalist mindset. I've been all about that. Well, since he moved into this. Here's what Nikki's townhouse. bad at I before get we rid end. of things. That's what I do. This is Nikki's. Well, I'm glad you have she's rid of your husband. That's good. What she always does is she'll be like, <laughs> I want to go to the store. And then she'll come back with like $400 worth of groceries. And I'll be looking at like, you didn't get anything. Like there's nothing to eat here. Well, I bought lettuce and you're like, no, that's her. I'll, I'll shop in like a thing. lot of the produce and he just goes and gets meat and meat, eggs oatmeal. and yogurt. That's what you need, right? I don't know. So, I wait, don't know. wait, is there is there something other than meat and sugar in a man's diet? He doesn't yeah. eat sugar. No, it's uh, caffeine's got to be in there for oh, us. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, but no, we certainly appreciate it. Um, hopefully, we can have you back on again, and God willing, makes a way. We'll be traveling with you to Israel. Maybe I'll sell one of these laptops and get us out there. Who knows? He can make a way. So, where there's a will, there's a way. There you go. So. All right, well, thank you so much.